Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, so I had a bad experience. I'm having it now. Oh? I'm, I'm congested. That's not it. Oh. I know that. Every, I'm just getting that. I'm getting out in front of that. I have a cold. It's not COVID. Okay. We tested ourselves multiple times. It's just the normal cold stuff. But so yesterday, all of a sudden, my eyes started watering and I couldn't see. And I was having some terrible allergic reaction. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I had to take my contacts out. It was a mess. It eventually went away. This morning, I wake up. I'm feeling fine. I mean, I got to have a cold, but I'm okay. I get all ready and it starts happening again. So what I've determined, I think, is that when you find a very old eye brightening cream <sighs> that you don't ever remember purchasing or owning and you find it down in the back of like an old bag in your under your sink mm -hmm. and you, you don't know what it is, but it says eye brightening cream and you have dark under eye circles and you think maybe that'll fix them. Don't use that. Mm. This is what I think the problem is. That checks out. I don't know where I got this stuff or how long I've had it. It's very old. I don't think I should have put it around my eyes. What did, it, what did the container look like? It was a yellow bottle. It's not one. I have a more recent one mm -hmm. that you may. Have I was gonna me. say, I, well, yes, but I was say I got you an eye brightening cream, but it's been about two years, so I don't think you should be using that one. But if this one well, predates that one, <laughs> yeah, no, it's not the one you gave me. I have all the things you gave me in a, a bag together, and yours was in an orange pot. Yes, I was gonna say that's not. It's not the. I use the orange pot one most of the time. Uh, but but are you still using that one that, from two years ago? I mean, yeah, that's it, it. Maybe it was, was that two. That was one or two years ago. It's still definitely makeup expires. It has a little date on the, the back. It tells you how long you have. But the orange yeah. pot one it has not. I mean, I've used it and I've never had this reaction. I it's the yellow tube one. Yeah, well, that I don't remember getting. Sid, if if you found. Like food in the back of your <laughs> fridge that you don't remember when it came from or where, where, where it got there. Would you eat it? No. And don't prob. I mean, well, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to apply the same logic to things you put on your 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 face. You know, oh. your I think giant organ then, that is your skin. And then I washed it off, um, but I also used like a washcloth that <laughs> I had used the night before. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to change my routine is here's the here's the short story. I'm going to change my routine. I might stop using washcloths, I think, for my face. I I don't. Yeah, I don't like the way that our I mean, your our parents household uses washcloths. I don't think is a good way to use washcloths. Like well, a towel that you dry yourself off of, you can reuse that. A washcloth that gets wet and covered in your facial goop and then you set it on the side of the sink and you use it again the next day and the next day, that is not sanitary. But I rinse it out. That doesn't no. matter. 
Cindy, you're the medical doctor. You know here. this. You know how germs work. You've just made a facial marinade. Like, here's a bunch of like dead skin cells, and it's wet and moist in an intemperate environment. What happened, sick? Come on. I, I just use I, my hands for your face. It's better for your face, too, because sometimes you can get those tiny little abrasions if you scrub too hard with, like, a rag. So that's why I use my hands. And if you wash your hands, then yeah. before you wash your face, then it's clean. I am going to throw away the very old eye brightening cream. That's good. And just use the orange pot from now on. I think it's fine still. Just so you know, there's usually a little image, like a little logo on the back of all things you can put on your face that looks like a pot that's open. And it has like 12M or 6M on it. And that means after opening, that's how long you have to use it before it's bad. So 12 months, 6 months. I don't think I've actually seen one longer than 12 months. I'm, I'm beginning to think that this is just like a personality trait for you, Sid. Mm-hmm. Because I, I feel like at least once a year, you tell both of us like, oh, I really don't, I don't take care of my skin very well. I wash my face with a dirty bar of soap that I found in the backyard. And we're like, well, you shouldn't do that. Here's a bunch of stuff you should do. And then like, again, later, it's like, well, I don't know what what happened. I just, I just use mayonnaise uh, that doesn't work like (laughs) i I feel like it happens around this time ever i feel like it happens around this time every year too because then hey you and i both have the same thought for christmas which is like i'm gonna get her like some face masks and some good creams and good products and stuff like i got you like some makeup stuff last year i thought would be good (laughs) well okay i use them and then they're gone and See, I was doing better, and I I still do better than I used to do. I I use my my very like non abrasive facial cleanser, and then I have a moisturizer. I got my cellar water to take my eye makeup off instead of just sort of rubbing at it with a washcloth, which is what I used to do. Mm-hmm. I get my I got my cellar water, and um, most of my makeup products were good. It, the problem is I ran out and then I had these old, older things and I was like, well, I'll just use these up too instead of buying new things. I'll use up the old things because I didn't want to be wasteful. But the old things are very old. Yes, I just, you got, you got, you got to put in some efforts. <laughs> I know. I, well, I, I, I threw a couple things away. I ordered some new things today. Justin got me a couple of masks because I ran out of all the. I finally used up all the masks you all gave me. It took mm-hmm. me a long time. I mean, the, especially the, like the pots of mask goo that you put on. Those, those last, last a long, a long time. time. Yes. And so, like, it's not that I didn't use them. It's just I they eventually they run out. And then anyway, I have replaced some things. I'm I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna do right. better. Because I feel like, like you, you don't have an excuse. You're you're very financially stable. There have been months where I've made the choice between like moisturizer and a timely credit card bill, and I've chosen moisturizer. But at what cost? I uh, I, I could do better. I know, and I I this has been a wake up call. This allergic reaction I'm having to eye brightening cream. And you're a doctor. <laughs> you like you like you can just like you know like I'm not saying you're like you know you you specialize in skin stuff. But, like, you at least know the basics of, like, these germs are have been here for a while. I shouldn't put those on my face well, again. Well, I also, I was, I was getting in the habit of not wearing makeup most of the time. And then this campaign stuff started. And I felt the need to, like, do a little more when I leave the house. Like, when I go to these events. And that, and that just threw my skin into a tizzy. A tizzy? <laughs> not a tizzy. 
I had gotten so comfortable with just like my moisturized face and maybe a little bit of like concealer when I'm got really bad circles and then everything went haywire. Anyway, so that's if you see me like blinking with my big red puffy eyes a lot, that's what it is. That's what's happening. Don't worry. I'm fine. <laughs> Yesterday you were just sitting there having carrying on normal conversation with everyone with a bag of ice wrapped in a paper towel just held against your eye. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that was, I was like, what, what, well, what's happening? Mom kept trying to force me to take antibiotic drops in my eye. And I kept telling her, mom, this is not pink eye. Like it's not, it, it all happened immediately. Like I was fine. And then I wasn't, that's not how infections work. She was like, here, take these Cipro drop. I'm, I'm not going to use your, your old Cipro drops. That's, that's definitely the solution for old eye cream, outdated medication. <laughs> There you go. Outdated antibiotic drops. That shouldn't be a problem. Are you trying to get a super eye? <laughs> I've learned I will do better. I am a cautionary tale. That's that's why I'm sharing. I'm not I'm not I'm sharing this as a cautionary tale. Don't do what I do. I'm fixing my behaviors. I value my eyesight. That's good. So I will I will protect it more by using not out of date mm-hmm. products around my eyes. Anyway, so that's been my adventure this morning. <laughs> it was nice when I figured it out. And then I had this one moment where I was like, well, I also used this older like tinted SPF, but I've I've used it before without incident. So I really think it's the the eye brightening cream. But then I thought, well maybe I should do a test on it and yeah. tomorrow I'll just use one of them and yeah. see if I have a reaction and or and you know, but then I was like, but what if I do? I'd say if they're both old, you should throw them both away, and then just there you go. Science is done. Yeah, yeah the rules the rules of the, the the products are there not to utilize after you have a bad reaction. It's to avoid the bad reaction. Yeah, so you shouldn't wait for the bad reaction to happen before you're like, hmm, maybe this is too old. Then I had a moment where I was like, was it the very old curl spray I put in my hair? Why do you not have anything that's from this year? I don't know. <laughs> I spend, I, well, part of it is I spend a lot of the summer just not doing any, you know, mm-hmm. I don't do anything with my face or hair. So, well, I, I use sunscreen. That's it. <laughs> I, I also think, you know, we talk about things similar to this on the show that I, the uh, whole like, well, to be taken seriously as a woman, I can't take care of myself with a beauty routine or in a physical sense or have concerns like that. And I'm not saying you actively believe that, but I do think a lot of us subconsciously have that within us that you got to work through. You can still be taken legitimate and serious and be big bad doctor politician lady and buy up to date styling products. I know it's hard because I don't I, I, I legitimately don't prioritize that stuff. Um, but then like I do recognize when I go to these like sort of events where I'm like shaking hands with people. I want to look nice like I don't I don't want to look f- fancy necessarily, but I do want to look like I took a little bit of time. I know that that whether or not it should matter, it does matter. I don't know. I think that that's just a like a human concern. That's everybody mm-hmm. wants to, you know. I tend, I'm I, not running for office, but when I'm going somewhere, I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be looking directly at my face. I'm like, maybe I should, maybe I should try. 
when I do my doctoring, nobody cares what I look like. Like my hair is usually sort of like just a frizzy pile on my head and nobody cares. You don't care if your doctor has good hair. Nobody's looking at me thinking like, well, I don't know if you can lance that abscess or not. Your hair looks pretty frizzy. You know, that's true. I think they're probably thinking about that abscess. Well, yeah, but Sid, it's not necessarily about what the people are looking at you think. It's about what, how you feel about yourself. So we all feel better when we feel like we look in the mirror and we see a version of ourselves that we're satisfied with. That's the only audience you should be worried about. Well, that's a bigger issue than we <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's, uh... Well, that's that's for me in my in my private sessions. <laughs> um, let's talk about Sister Act Two. <laughs> Change the subject with nuns. You always do that. I know. I do. I you know. I realize, Riley. Like I've done sequels on this show before, and the thing is, like you can watch Grease Two with no knowledge of Grease One, and I don't think that's. But but at least like when you brought Grease Two. You also were under the knowledge that both Taylor and I had already seen Grease 1 many times. I I at least had that information in my head somewhere. But I feel like the plot of Sister Act 1 is so basic that, like, you don't need to watch it to understand what's happening in Sister Act 2. Do you know how confused I was when it was Whoopi Goldberg in Vegas and a bunch of nuns were like, we need you back? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what, back, where where was she? What was she doing? Riley, didn't you, the whole plot of the first movie is in her opening number. Like that, that's the review. That's that's your little, your little run through. She was a, okay. Her name is Whoopi. She was a show girl. (laughs) No, no. She, she was a headliner. <laughs> she was. She was a headliner, yes. yes. She was a headliner, and she uh, witnessed a murder, right? Wait, no, you're the one that's supposed to know this. <laughs> she she saw a crime. She was hiding from the mob. She was yes. hiding from the mob because yes. she, she witnessed a crime, and they knew she had. And yes. so she had to go into hiding so that they didn't find her and kill her. And so... The, the police said, here's a good place for you to go into hiding. Like, she was working with law enforcement. And they said, here, go hide in this convent. And at the convent, they were like, now, if you're going to hide here, they're very strict. They're like, you have to actually, like, we don't want the nuns to know you're hiding here. Like, we don't want to put the other nuns at risk. Mm-hmm. So as far as the other nuns know, you're just another nun that has transferred here. Mm-hmm. I guess that happens. From another school. <laughs> From another nun place. Another convent. Mm-hmm. You've been transferred. And as that's all anybody's ever going to know about you is you're just another nun here. And so she comes and she has to wear the nun stuff and she has to act like a nun and follow the nun rules. And that's hard for her because she's a headliner, not a nun. Right. Would be for anybody who's not a nun. Mm-hmm. Might be for nuns. I don't know. I haven't I'm not them. a nun, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Um, but then uh, she realizes that their choir is in need of help because they have a nun choir, but it's not very good Mm -hmm. and because she has this talent she helps the nun choir become really good and they do all these performances that like bring the community together and inspire people and okay fill the pews with parishioners okay i mean that's pretty much it like the the she helps you know lift up the nun choir and the community and everybody loves her and they finally find out like that she's not really a nun. She's there in hiding. And then there's an exciting scene where, like, the mom finds her and whatever. But then she obviously does not get harmed. She's fine. Right. 
because so she she's there saved, for the sequel. Yes. So she has saved the, the church and the school and everyone and everybody's happy. And she goes back to Vegas. They go on nun- nunning, doing mm-hmm. their nun things until they need help with the school choir, the kids choir. Mm-hmm. And now it's time for Sister Act 2. Okay. There you go. Does that make more sense? Yeah. I mean, y- yeah. It was still a little, it was still a little <laughs> odd for you to bring bring a sequel. <laughs> no knowledge of the first. It, it also how likely is it that police would really put you know someone in witness protection essentially in a convent? Chances of that pretty low. <laughs> a little unrealistic for me, I don't know. but it's it's a wild as you're giving the review. It's a wild tonal shift from one movie to the other. I guess it's not really a tonal shift, but like the stakes. Like the mafia is after her and they want to murder her because she witnessed a crime. And the second movie is like, here's some kids you got help sing good. Yeah. Their future is at stake, Taylor. <laughs> Their death is not on the line. They 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 <laughs> might have to true. take a bus to a new school system, which is bad, but it's not the the mob. That's true. That's that's fair. When you were describing that, I was like, man, a lot more going on there than this. This is like, you know, it almost feels like in TV series where you have like the big event that happens at the climax of a season and then they come back for a new one and everyone's just like carrying on and like their daily, you know, hijinks and problems Did, are back to normal. Didn't um, did you didn't Lizzo reenact the part where she says, take off your robes? She's telling all the kids to take off their yes. robes. I think so. Didn't she do that in an award show or something? Maybe. How did that make sense to you if you haven't seen Sister Act 2? It didn't. <laughs> I just enjoyed the performance. I never. We've never discussed the, that performance specifically, and I've been like, I really understood all the cultural references that Lizzo was making there. It's just, I don't know, for whatever, and like, okay, Riley has informed, okay, so the plot. The plot of Sister Act 2. Whoopi, you've now you know what's happened in Sister Act One. Whoopi Goldberg is back to help the the high school choir because they these kids. I don't know. It it has like that. I guess this probably would have been the same time period where they did those movies. What was that one? Dangerous Minds, where they have like the teacher go into the school that's underfunded with underprivileged students and like try to like inspire everybody mm-hmm. by being like cool. This probably would have been like same era. And so similar vibe, like we need to get these kids inspired and motivated to work towards something because nobody has ever given them a shot. Nobody has ever told them they could be something. And so, you know, we're going to bring Whoopi Goldberg in. She's going to work with all these teenagers. She's going to inspire them. She's going to get them to work together and, and save the school, basically. Inspire the community, save the school, win the choir competition. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the big that, – and so she does. I mean, that's the long and short of it. And the reason I think it was so popular to like for me and the people that I hung out with is because the musical performances are so good. Because you were a choir kid. It's so good, though. It is very good. I mean, am I wrong? Like, we watched this in in show choir over and over and over. Whenever we had a day where we could just watch movies, this is what we watched. Or Newsies. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i'm not saying the performances are not good i just i don't know if this would have been one i would have come back to many times if i would have watched this in my you know 
Really? In the, in the 90s. When did this come out? In the ni- 90s? Early 2000s? Well, their their class today. of 93. 93. Okay. 93. Okay. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I do think it's... I, I mean, I, I remember enjoying this movie when we were younger. Uh, it is funny with the... I don't know. I, I, like, the, the religious rapping on it, I feel like, would read different for a younger generation, you know? Because, like, mm-hmm. like, there are a lot of um, priests in the second movie, and that they're... Mm-hmm. They're weird, right? Like they wrote them weird. They act weird. They're, I don't. They are written. Yeah, weird. yeah. But I was like, man, these priests are creepy. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Checks out. Yeah. <laughs> like I also, yeah. Th- this was before. I mean, like, the, <laughs> and I can say this. I was raised Catholic. Yeah, I was yeah gonna all, say, all Catholics I, here. Yeah, yeah all, all, all Catholics. So Oops, like recovering, recovering. Yeah. <laughs> there, I am not sitting here saying like this is before the Catholic Church had issues. Obviously, th- this is before it was well publicized how immense and the scope of the issues within the Catholic Church yeah. and, the, and yeah. the priesthood. Like this was before. I think it was like common knowledge to everyone. It was just common knowledge to you know all the people that worked in the all church. the people in the church. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. I, man, might I contend that maybe part of the reason you enjoyed this so much is as someone who was raised Catholic and briefly was at a Catholic school, um, that maybe you just wish that one day you would have a Catholic choir that was like this, that performances like this. I would your... never have been cool enough to be in that choir. I mean, I wish I would have. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, well, I mean, I wish, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And probably, like, I would have gone to church willingly if I could have. <laughs> been in a choir like that if that was an option i would have been like yes i will i'll well, go to church every night if I, I could be in that choir i didn't meet a ton of nuns but if the ones i'd met were more like Whoopi goldberg maybe they could have kept me around longer <laughs> I, I remember one good nun there was that one i don't want to say her name because i don't know she's out there in the world somewhere but she played the guitar she was like my first grade teacher I yeah think you, rem- you remember who i'm talking about that was a cool nun. She never dressed like a nun. She just dressed like a the one person. who gave you, the one who gave you the award for being the best napper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got me. <laughs> Taylor was the best napper in class. I slept through a fire drill. <laughs> this is true. This is absolutely true. The, the fire patrol had to carry you out. <laughs> nap time is nap time. Okay. Can I say that it's pretty intense that what we have established is that one of the duties of the fire patrol is to is to like literally carry younger children out. Like, I don't think that that was well established. At my school, fire patrol was fourth graders and safety patrol was fifth graders, which meant it was a bunch of like nine year olds. Yeah, like it was. It was a fourth grader that carried Taylor out. Okay, but the thing is, it was a drill. It wasn't an actual (laughs) fire. So like... (laughs) I think I would have gotten up if it was real, but I think even Kid Taylor was like, this is an exercise. I will, if there was a real fire, I will move. I know this is not real fire. Let me sleep. Um, I want to, <laughs> I want to talk more about the, the musical performances and the, and the fashion of this movie. <laughs> oh boy. Um, but before we do that, let's check the group message. So, uh, I know I know this is true for all of us with with our father. When you have been chatting with a loved one and you thought you knew them better than anyone else. Like we've heard all of dad's stories by now, certainly. And then he starts telling you a story 
and you're like, how have I never heard this before, Dad? How have you never told me this wild story before? Now, there's a chance with our dad he's making <laughs> yeah, it up. Yeah, I was going to say, but, he just came up with it. <laughs> but maybe he's not. And how many other stories don't we know about Dad or about whoever, whatever loved one in your life you wish you knew a little more about? And that's why... We have story worth because, you know, sometimes you don't think about like, oh, that would be something that I bet my kids or my grandkids or my nieces or nephews or my sisters or brothers or parents or whoever would enjoy knowing mm -hmm. about my life. And every week, story worth will email whichever loved one you choose a unique prompt uh, of your choice. You get to pick which one you want to send um, from a vast pool of thought-provoking questions. Things like, what is one of your fondest childhood memories? Or what's the best advice you've ever received? All kinds of different prompts like that. So you can, that kind of gets you thinking about something that, oh, you know what? That's actually something I'd like to share. And I had never thought to share it before. Uh, the StoryWorth podcast spotlights actual StoryWorth customers who volunteer to share their stories with you. So you can get a taste of what these sort of prompts and stories could be like by checking that out. And the podcast shares some of the most heartfelt, hilarious, and inspiring stories for everyone to hear. So stories, you know, not just about your loved ones, but other other people's loved ones that you that you may enjoy. Um, I can tell you that StoryWorth has been great to to kind of, like I said, so you don't hear those same stories or the ones that your dad makes up over and over again. You can hear new stories from their life for real. <laughs> Tay, if, if our listeners want to check out StoryWorth, what should they do? Well, StoryWorth helps bring you closer to your loved ones. Learn all about the stories you can discover together at storyworth.com slash podcast. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash podcast to learn all about the stories you can discover. Storyworth.com slash podcast. By the way, I don't think we made the point that this is called Sister Act 2 Back in the Habit. As I was... <laughs> I did not realize that's what it's called. Yeah. As I was looking up the, the year, I realized it was back in the habit. Uh, I did not. Now, Riley, you informed me that it does not have a good critical score. Really? Online. It has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes or 17, 17 or 19. Um, and it didn't do as well in the box office as the first one. Yeah. No, it did not. Um, I am so I am so confused by that. Um, I, I do see like, as you, as you read about its reception, that it eventually became a cult classic and has a strong following among fans. So maybe it's just like, maybe it's sort of like Grease 2 in that sense. Like those of us who know, know. Don't compare this to Grease 2. <laughs> no. Lauren Hill sings in it. Why are people not more excited about that? I, I mean, it's just, it's like the music for me was iconic. Like the when you hear and like the harmonies when you hear them harmonize i mean it's just incredible it was just beautiful it was just do you want to hear the consensus from rotten tomatoes that wikipedia is telling me why it has a 19 percent? yes sister act is off key in this reprise Oof. fatally shifting the spotlight from Whoopi goldberg to a less compelling ensemble of pupils and trading its predecessor's sharp comedy for unconvincing sentiment ouch Ouch, indeed. I mean, I, I will say that, like, as a as an adult now and as a parent, um, I I understand more like our main character, Lauren Hill. I forget what her character's Rita. name is. Rita. Um, Rita. Rita. Thank you. Rita's mom. I understand Rita's mom a little better now. Well, OK, wait, do you? 
Because I was trying to figure out, clearly, what, clearly there's a conflict as to why she can't sing in the choir. There's got to be some backstory. And the backstory is her father tried to be a singer and then died. <laughs> and, and so the mom's mm-hmm. like, no singing. Like, that, really? <laughs> well, she just wants her to, you know, have like a, she wants her to have financial security. And oh. I, I don't think it is far-fetched to say pursuing a career in the arts, whether it be music or whatever, doesn't guarantee you financial security. You can be very successful, and certainly Rita is incredibly talented, but that doesn't always mean... She's Lauren Hill. Yes, but, it, but that doesn't always mean that you will be financially secure. But she's secure. not running away and joining a rock band. She wants to sing in the church choir. It's a little, it's a little bit of a heightened moment. And she's also still in true. high school, so it's like, it's just an extracurricular at this point. Like, this is just, like, a club. <laughs> this is not a career choice. She just really wants her to focus on her studies. Well. <laughs> I understand that. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd hear you say you understand Rita's mom. I mean, this is what growing up is. One day you realize that you get where Benny was coming from on rent. And That's you go, different. what happened? <laughs> what happened to me? <laughs> Benny sings a whole song full of valid points. I just so, so one. I don't know, Sid. If if one day there's a, a tragic podcasting ep- accident, are you going to bar your children from podcasting? Like, no, you can't. You can't be like your your father. You must not podcast. Charlie and Cooper sneaking microphones down to the basement and doing some sort of <laughs> renegade radio yeah, show. <laughs> it's like Footloose, but for podcasts, it is not as cool. <laughs> It's Radio Free Rock That's Show. What I was is what say. It is. <laughs> oh, that would be very cool if our kids started Radio Free Roscoe. Um, <laughs> no, I I don't know. I guess it's a different world now because I don't. I would. I can't see myself discouraging our kids from like podcasting. <laughs> but when they're like, I want to sure? be a doctor, I'm always like, Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Are you really sure? I'm, it's never you can't it's just I don't know I don't know <laughs> I, let me just tell you it's not what you think it's gonna be let me just say that <laughs> hey Sid your oldest child is eight mm-hmm. when I was eight all I thought doctors did was like put band-aids and like use that thing that you tap on your knees and it like kind of makes your leg kick you don't gotta you don't gotta tell them all the details right now <laughs> You can warn them before they go to college. <laughs> yeah, now is not the time for the you will like you will daily confront death and you must become dead into it. <laughs> like that, not for not for eight year olds. I'm like, listen, let's sit down and talk about the concept of moral injury <laughs> now. <laughs> Mommy has suffered a great deal of moral injury. Now, hospital administrators will try to call it burnout. Don't fall for that. (sighs) Anyway. This is nothing like Rita's mom not letting her be a singer. (laughs) Um, But that, I think that was what stuck with me so much about it was like, the thing, I like to see, um, like, as they, like, fix the choir room, I think that's very satisfying. Mm -hmm. You know, they, like, fix up the piano and they have pretty windows later or mm-hmm. something and <laughs> and then and then the, I j- it's just like an iconic scene when they're at the choir competition and there's like the rich high school 
that like always wins and like you can tell like a ton of money and effort and like everything has been poured into like making sure these kids have like every benefit and every you know uh, like upper hand like it's all uh, and then and then they come in and they're like no just take off your robes mm-hmm. and do your thing and and they win and it's just beautiful it is um you mentioned the fashion mm-hmm. and i would just like to say the biggest thing i realized i think watching this especially i was looking up a picture to make sure i was remembering correctly when they win and they're all like standing on the stage with the trophy it's like a big herd of teenagers wearing like the most 90s clothes ever yeah um it made me realize that now fashion has moved past being focused in the 90s and now everyone's returning to like the 70s with like corduroy bell-bottom high-waisted pants and yeah uh lots of corduroy corduroy and suede oh yeah um that was really the biggest moment where i was like all these outfits would have been on people like when i was getting out of high school that was the popular we were in the 90s and you know we thought that was cool mm-hmm. in our minds we were in the 90s i mean obviously not in real life um now we've all moved past that as a society which struck me because i was yeah. like i like those overalls that one kid's wearing or like i like that baby tee <laughs> yeah um no more there's, there's part of that but there's also like a weird i mean there's a lot of early 2000s fashion that's that's in now which is very yeah i find that very upsetting like the low like, low rise, like long mm-hmm. skirts. Also, like scene uh-huh. style, like uh-huh. that's unironic. I see it just unironically oh, on the streets of Brooklyn, and I'm just like, wow, like cool, but also really, yeah. <laughs> you want to do that again? It's just I don't know how it keeps happening. That I think we've run out of, have we run out of fashion, and we just have we, to pick an era to recycle. I, I, let, I, yeah. Basically. Are we t- are we are we all as a society nostalgic for a time before the last three years? So we just pick any era that was before these last couple of years and try to recreate it. <laughs> just, just trying to time travel with your shoes. Yeah, I think I think that's true. I mean, I think like the. I don't think you're going to see a shift back to a time where like, because you know. There was a long time where, like, modesty standards dictated clothing, you know, or, like, strict gendered, like, norms. Well, yes, I I don't think we're going to shift back to, like, the 1800s. Yeah. (laughs) I think now we're actually doing the opposite of that. Trying to push back and, like, do the opposite of what gender norms would be. And also being not modest because, you know, Mm -hmm. who cares how much of your body you show. Um, there is some elements of like new like 2020s fashion that you can see some places I'm like I don't remember that existing before not like the clothes but mm-hmm. the combination of clothes or whatever um, but I mean like all the websites that go on to buy clothes it's like they have a whole section of just corduroy pants and skirts and the shoes they have are all like platform brown faux leather like boots but you know what's interesting is that is it re? Is it bringing back the seventies, or is that specifically the time in the nineties where corduroy mm. and, and chunky shoes were popular? That's true. Was this a moment in the nineties too? Oh yeah, oh yeah, mm. oh, yeah. corduroy okay. was absolutely okay. I had corduroy pants in every color. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, you'd wear them with like a big belt. Yeah, mm-hmm. big belts were in. I had and some yeah. like, like, like deep like a f- emerald green corduroy pants yeah mm. that i would absolutely wear now 
Mine were all like, I had like brown, I had mustard, I had olive, I had like burgundy. <laughs> I just got a pair of burgundy colors. ones. Yeah. They're, they're very comfy. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, I, I had all those too. They had, corduroy was very in for a moment. I, I do like this idea because like in the 2000s, we had this moment where it's like, it's the future now. We dress like the future. And everybody was wearing things that were shiny. And like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of metallic looking things and plastic looking things, which were not comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was not, I mean, it may have looked great. Maybe you love the way it looked like aesthetically, but like it was not comfort. So I like that if we're mo- like, I like that we've decided, no, the future is where we're all comfortable. <laughs> In the future, no one can make us wear uncomfy clothes. We can go to work in sweatpants. It is the future. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's how you get to that that I- ideal future, right? Where everybody just wears the one jumpsuit. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. That doesn't sound good. Either. That's like in 1984, right? Oh, well, that's a different... I'm talking about like the... I, 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 I don't know. The different futuristic jumpsuits. I have these long overalls for gardening. <laughs> they're they're very baggy and they have lots of pockets. They're green. Um, and they're made of like a sort of water resistant material because they're made to wear out like when you're digging in the dirt and like you can get wet and stuff like that. And <laughs> I wear them around a lot because they're really comfortable. And then <laughs> you wear your gardening overalls around. Yeah. Well, they're super comfy. So I just wear them. I mean, like just I mean, I don't wear them. Well, no, I've worn them to pick the girls up from school. But but do you do you wash the garden off of them first? Yeah. yeah okay. I, I didn't but know like, if you like the look of like, you know, rugged gardener that no. just got done tending her crops and shows up to pick the kids with like dirt smudged on her nose and, uh, oh, you know, that's got how it goes. an entire squash just hanging out of your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I drop the peppers in the fridge before I go to get the kids, but... Mm. But no, I I uh, I was wearing them the other day, and Cooper looked at me and went, "Mommy, why do you look so weird?" <laughs> I was like, "I don't look weird. I look like a gardener." She was like, mm, "Okay, you look weird." <laughs> I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I have questioned my own fashion sense a couple times when I've like uh, several months ago when I was living at mom and dad's, and dad would like I don't know take all the laundry and like give me back what was mine and give mom back what was hers. And then he started doing that with like shoes we'd leave out in the front, mm-hmm. and you all got mom a pair of rubber gardening clogs yeah. that she'll wear when she does work outside, and then leave by the garage. And Dad kept giving them back to me, like thinking they were mine. And these are like made for gardening. These yeah, are not very like clearly like rubber shoes. They're fully rubber. They look like they could be rain boots, except that you like you slide your foot into them, yeah. essentially. Um, and he kept giving them to me. I was like, Dad, what? why are you giving these? These aren't mine. He's like, well, it looks like something you'd wear. And that has stuck with me for months now. Like I look like I'd wear gardening clogs on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. They don't look, they're not fashiony. They look very much like they're very functional. Yeah. They're very yeah. utilitarian shoes. Um, not like my, now my, my high boots that I wear for mm. gardening, like, mm-hmm. cause I needed something for when we had the blackberries in, like to get in the brambles. In the brambles. In the brambles. Those are high yellow boots and they've got flowers all over them. Those are good. I don't, I don't wear those to pick my kids up. This is not Sister Act anymore. I just think it's funny that we used to watch these movies from the 90s together and it was like, oh, this is what I wear now. 
this is what my friends wear now. And mm-hmm. it is still what I wear now because I, that was when I was buying my clothes I thought were trendy was when like we were all doing a 90s moment. Um, now we're not. And I still have clothes like that, but it's not the in moment mm. universally. Well, when I say hang, these things, I'm not speaking them. to everyone. Sure. You know, I just mean like when you look on social media and you look at the trends and what stores are selling. Hang on to them. It all comes back around. Oh, I still wear them. I just had to try out the corduroy pants. I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> I might get corduroy pants if those are back in. I They're made corduroy. with a very thin like corduroy. So they didn't feel like heavy either, which was nice because I could like wear them and it looks like fall. But I'm not also like, you know. I would wear corduroy pants with a turtleneck and then a flannel over the turtleneck. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I have worn those corduroy pants with a turtleneck. Yeah. (laughs) Not the flannel, though. I had socks that matched every color of turtleneck I had. (laughs) Of course. Do you remember the big, thick socks, Tay, that you rolled up? Mm, Yeah. Um... Which, it, it's funny because they were color-coordinated usually, but you never saw them because you wore them under hiking boots. Yeah. <laughs> they were big, thick socks. You knew they matched. That's what mattered. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, anyway, I don't know. I think Sister Act 2 is iconic. I think that moment where they sing Joyful, Joyful is just... I would watch that over and over again. I mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the musical numbers. Um, I think... I would probably watch the first one before I'd watch the second one again. Yeah, fair. But I did enjoy it. And the first one's good, too. I mean, it is. It's good. It's all good. Rotten Tomatoes is wrong. I'm really surprised by that. Me, too. Like that is, I, I thought that of the two of them, it was the more beloved. I thought they were both beloved. but Yes. Yeah, I am. I am very surprised at that too. So, Tay, is the second one also your favorite of the two? Um, I don't have a strong opinion about this. I don't. I'm not going to manifest one. I think they're both fine. Yeah, <laughs> I like them both equally. They are. They are very different movies, and it is kind of funny that one is a sequel to the other, but they are both enjoyable. Can't also, just Whoopi Goldberg. Like yeah. I just yeah. will watch her do anything. That's true. Me too. She's true. so good. Well, thank you for having us watch it. <laughs> it was a no nice. Problem. It was a nice watch. Now you understand that thing Lizzo did. I think it was like the MTV. Now I'll go back and watch that performance and have a whole new appreciation there for it. All right, tell you what's next. Uh, well, uh, we I guess we'll be releasing this episode in October, but um, mm-hmm. since we're in spooky season now. And we usually do a bunch of spooky stuff. I decided to start the spooky stuff, sort of, uh, with one of my favorite horror movies, uh, Battle Royale. All right. I have never seen this, so I'm excited. It's it's sort of horror. It's sort of like The Hunger Games before there were The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very much so. So I I think it counts as horror. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I love watching horror movies in October, so... You'll like it. All right. Battle Royale for next time. Thank you all so much for watching Sister Act 2. Of course. Um, it's on Disney Plus. There you go. If people want to watch yeah. it. Um, thank you, listeners. You should go to MaximumFun.org and check out all the great shows there. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. And you can email us at StillBuff.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Bind.
This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. You're about to sing. Oh, you did the shoulder yeah, thing. I was, I was about to sing, but I can't. My voice is too good. It's, it'll just squeak. I was trying to do it earlier. And he did her little shoulder shrug. shrug. Also, like, it's Martin Hill. I'm not even gonna, I'm not gonna try. No, no one, no one could. No. Hi, I'm Hal Loveland. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. And we're the hosts of We Got This with Mark and Hal, the weekly show where we settle the debates that are most important to you. That's right. What arguments are you and your friends having that you just can't settle? Apples or oranges? Marvel or DC? Fork versus spoon. Chocolate or vanilla? Best bagel. What's the best Disney song? We Got This with Mark and Hal. Every week on Maximum Fun, we do the arguing so you don't have to. Oh, all answers are final for all people for all time. We got this. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.